I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily, but you know what it is. On Wednesdays, brother, it's the Daily Boys in the house. Alex McCarthy, SP3, brother, 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 how are you doing? I am doing fantastic here. Another Wednesday, the Daily Boys debate day, DBD out here in the streets. The DBD, uh, uh, BTM, all that beat that me, and all that good stuff. Beat that beat, beat that beat. You know how we do. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good Wednesday, and we got some wrestling to talk about. We got a debate voted on by all of you guys. Uh, we're gonna have to make it two debates because I didn't expect y'all to pick the easiest one for us to. <laughs> discuss but yeah you didn't pick the one we wanted so it's gonna be two now (laughs) Uh, Uh, we have to have a debate that we actually disagree on and that is not an obvious answer so we're gonna do a mount rushmore on the one that you guys decide and then a proper debate so we're gonna talk about the titular news a little bit of NXT, and then get to debate. We're not going to leave 10 minutes for the debate. No, for once, for once, we're not going to do that. Uh, remember, though, if you guys want to have your say on the show, you know what to do. It's wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Give us those ultra chats periodically on the show. We will come back to them, and we will let you dictate where we go. We will let you set the tone for whatever you want to discuss um you know you know what to do as well thumbs up subscribe whenever you're watching your show right either live or replay be a good egg help us out and give us that love uh you said it yourself sp3 there is some titular news to discuss now andrew zarian of the Matman podcast guys popping up everywhere at the moment although i did see that um the rock tentatively shut down what he said about survivor series um all he said was there's nothing in it. He really didn't elaborate. He was very succinct. Um, what was he gonna say though? That I, mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's like wishful thinking from me because you know I love the rock and I want him to come back. Yeah. But I but I felt like he what he was hardly gonna go, oh yeah, he got a spot on. Oh, I'm gonna be there at Survivor Series, you know, big surprise. Uh, and then I, you know, I just I didn't see that. So um I th- I think the fact that the rock didn't say much said more. Yes. 
It's similar to when they asked uh, Tony Khan, how about that uh, CM Punk, uh, Daniel <laughs> Bryan thing? And, so, and Tony Khan's like, I can't comment on that, but it seems like exciting news. <laughs> mm, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, you know, I saw some people kind of being like, oh, the rock shot down. I was like, eh, I mean, come on. Um, if you've been in the game long enough, I think that he's just uh, evading the reports rather than out, outright denying them. He was very succinct. Uh, you know, and we've seen it before. Edge. I was about to say that, yeah. Edge, Edge was like, I'm not coming back for the last time, guys, despite the fact he got himself an amazing shape, despite the fact that he'd signed a new contract, despite every possible indicator that Mike Johnson was pointing out, suggesting that he was. He was like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are, Edge. Um, so I, I, I believe, um, I don't think that hurts Andrew at all. Um, and furthermore, to the point, he is saying that Queen of the Rings not only going down SP3, but the finals has what I would call a controversial destination. Yes, indeed. Uh, he was he previously uh, reported on the Queen of the Ring earlier this week after last week. Uh, Wrestling Inc. was the first to basically drop this uh, scoop that WWE would be doing a Queen of the Ring tournament, similar to the King of the Ring, but of course with females. And he made the announcement earlier this week that it would be the first round would take place at the beginning of October on Raw and SmackDown. And then today he dropped another scoop that the finals would take place on october 21st when wwe makes their return to saudi arabia which is quite quite interesting it's interesting Mm -hmm. indeed after the history of women's performers in saudi arabia the first couple of events they weren't even allowed to go over there uh we had the first ever women performing in saudi arabia on uh one of their one of their WWE Network specials with Natalia and Lacey Evans. And now we're going to have the crowning of the Queen of the Ring, which, I mean, it's a step. It's a step in the right direction, I guess, as far as, you know, where we were to where we're going. But it seems kind of auspicious to have it there, in my opinion. It's a choice. Uh, like, I, I, like, I get it from uh, WWE's viewpoint, right? I, I understand that they probably think this is a very progressive step. Yes. And that the optics of such, having such an important moment uh, for women in WWE, landmark moment, first queen of the ring, having that in Saudi Arabia, a place historically, what have we had, two women's matches there now? Yeah. I think it's two. Um is obviously like a great sign of progress, but the other side of that coin is Saudi Arabia, right? <laughs> and and their government and Vince, you know, just this the whole weird relationship that yeah, of course it's predicated on a lot of money, but still yeah. like we don't really know what happened with the plane that time. Um, you know, we we've heard bits and bobs, clearly all wasn't well, um, but we don't know the exact things on that uh, i i suspect that'll be for a podcast appearance many moons from now um Marks the ring season uh six yeah something like that um <laughs> and obviously they haven't really been back since because of the pandemic so it's it's kind of you know let a lot of time pass i know wwe have been pushing for the women to have stuff in saudi arabia from the jump um 
like Natalia, I want to say, was the one who told me that that Vince, like from the get go, Vince, that was kind of like his mission statement. She said he really has worked hard to do that, and I, I would take Natalia at her word. Um, so, really, on the surface, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, I understand, you know, progress made in all facets. The thing, I guess, the thing is though, for a monumental moment like this, some people and you. you you get the gist on Twitter. They think the significance is downplayed because of the historical significance with Saudi Arabia. It almost undervalues what the moment could be for a woman in WWE. I know WWE think it probably highlights it by going, look at what we're doing in this country that, you know, historically women are oppressed. Yeah. But I think, it, you know, it's also kind of the counterproductive part of it as well. And of course, underneath all of it is the murdered journalist. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can. Can I say murdered? He hasn't been convicted or anything, but no. pretty sure he was murdered. Um, you know, there, there's that situation that's bubbling away as well. And WWE, of course, refused to step away or even really acknowledge that it happened. Um, which I guess has left, an, you know, well, not, not I guess, I know, has left a lot of sour taste and a lot of mouths. So it's a very complex situation when you start unraveling it. And it's hard to kind of you know, make a case for WWE being in Saudi Arabia anyway, but we know why they are because of the money. Um, and again, in a Vince McMahon world, as we so often try to do in this show, I can comprehend, understand I was about to say, but comprehend. Um, you know, I- I'm happy that Queen of the Rings happening. That's like the bottom line for me. Yeah. I think if it has that sort of similar inspirational uh, impact that Natalia and uh, Lacey Evans appear to have on that show, then good thing. You know, if if hopefully the goals justify, you know, the ends justify the means. It's just, you know, I get it that the Saudi Arabia thing is never going to be. Um, it's just never going to feel great. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. in general, just in general, that relationship is never going to feel great. Um, I think women could only drive in Saudi Arabia, like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, I said earlier, historically oppressed, you know, they're, they're really only just making some kind of steps. I was going to say strides steps now, like in the last few years, it's just, I guess it's all part of the, the process per se. Um, but again, we're not, I guess we're not high on politics, but trying to understand why, that WWE think this is a smart move against, is it a smart move? It's a difficult discussion. Yeah. It's a, it's a very uh, peculiar decision uh, because women are not just historically uh, oppressed. They're like you said, they're just making thrives to let women drive. So it's yeah, still, I mean, compared it, to the rest of the world, they're still way behind, yeah, right? It's still you know, very let, much an issue. So, so I was under the understanding when this report was first uh, made by Wrestling Inc. that it was going to be its own WWE Network special, similar to Evolve. Uh, I mean, Evolution. Excuse me. And I, I wanted that because if the women are not, if there's only going to be two, maybe three women allowed in Saudi Arabia for even with this, with the finals of the Queen of the Ring tournament, there's only going to be two women that are going to be on the trip to Saudi Arabia. It seemed like 
you know, a give back for WWE to give the fans another all-female event. Even if it's a smaller WWE network special with a couple of matches, maybe they're shorter matches, maybe it's similar to the King of the Ring tournament we got in 2015 when Wade Barrett won the King of the Ring tournament, which didn't set the world on fire, were very short matches, and hardly remembered probably a few months later. I would have preferred that over them going to Saudi Arabia like we said, we still have their issues for women. WWE is going to make this about, you know, them being being good Samaritans and they're, they're making progress all across the world and in Saudi Arabia. And it's just like, we know the issues. We know about the journalist that, that was, quote unquote, I'll put the quotes on it for now, murdered. We know about the, the plane that was basically, you had superstars held hostage there. And a lot of the events, for, for all the stuff that goes on off the camera, a lot of these events have been counterproductive to superstars. Braun Strowman's push was, was derailed, and the start of him eventually getting released from the company, I believe, started when he had one last shot at the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar, and he lost. The Fiend Bray Wyatt was the hottest character in all of the WWE. And then he meant the name that should never be mentioned, Voldemort, on on Wrestling Daily. He met him at the beginning of uh, 2020, and his push was dead. And he he had to send John Cena out to the wilderness to even get a little bit of heat back. So Strangely, um, he also won it in Saudi Arabia, didn't he, The Fiend? Strangely, yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Crown Jewel, Crown Jewel, mm. 2019, and then the creme de la creme, in my opinion, is is I I went on rants on True Hill Heat the day that WWE became the thing they hate the most. WCW is when mm-hmm. they, when they dragged out those nostalgia acts of the Brothers of Destruction and. Eight years retired, Shawn Michaels in D-Generation X with no hair and the Kane's head and mask fell off of him in the middle of a matchup. (laughs) In the middle of a matchup. Like, this is, they have had irreversible irreversible damage to on-camera talent as well as behind the scenes and politically. It's just really bad whenever they go to Saudi Arabia, it seems. Here's a question. What was worse, that tag or Goldberg and Taker? I'm gonna say the tag because it ruined. Really, I'm, it, I, it ruined one of the greatest retirements of all time, in my opinion. Goldberg, Goldberg was well on his way to out, outstand his welcome. So dropping the Undertaker on his head, okay. I had already been on the bandwagon that the Undertaker was dragging this carcass a, a way too long. When before he came back at WrestleMania 34, when people were like, yeah, we want Undertaker to come back. I'm like, no. No, stay retired. That was perfect at WrestleMania 33. Don't do this. Don't become the Brett Favre of a professional wrestling taker. And then he's be, he, be, he became the Brett Favre of professional wrestling. And we needed a documentary to call him quits. And then the final farewell, which, yeah. yes, teach his own. So, yeah, I think that the, the, the damage to both of those guys was already done. Whereas Shawn Michaels coming back from an eight-year retirement ruined what they did at WrestleMania 26. So, oh, come on, you can't it, say it ruined that match, it ruined I, Sean's retirement. There but... is no, 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 I'm not saying it ruined the match, I'm saying the retirement, the everything they that was what they wanted to accomplish. Right. It's a beautiful send off, 
that's different. Beautiful. Um, it was a great match. It stands as one of the greatest WrestleMania main events of all time. But there are people that will argue Ric Flair's run in TNA, which at least gave us the Jay Lethal Ric Flair uh, promo exchange. They say <laughs> that ruined WrestleMania 24. So mm, I got to make the, so. I got to make the case that it did ruin the the send off for Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. I, I, I felt um, the Goldberg and Taker was just sad. Like I was just sad watching it. I, I came away like there was a part of it, or that was a bit because even before this, I'd I'd had enough of Goldberg, and I was like, "What did you, you know, what did you expect?" Almost. Um, but it was just sad to see Taker go out like that as well, man. Like that was a first time matchup in many eyes. I'm not gonna lie, when it was first announced, I was half intrigued. I Me was too. like, "Wow, like what are they gonna do?" Because Goldberg can't do much. Taker ain't jobbing in like a minute. I was like, what are they going to do? Um, and then we got what we got. Uh, way too ambitious. But the, the the other side of that with the tag, I think it was sad for Shawn Michaels' legacy. Again, kind of understand why he did it. I mean, the money being astronomical compared to any other payday he's had. If you're going to do it, I get it. But uh, still, it's still painful, like from a fan perspective. Um, but really, the match that transpired was just—it uh, was—it was funny more than anything else to me. It was just like, what else could go wrong? Like, yeah. and people you know don't remember—it mean? almost ruined Triple H's WrestleMania match with uh, Batista because he hurt his—he hurt his uh, tricep. So it, yeah, it could have tore it. Yeah, yeah tore it. He, he could have been much, much worse than what we got. I, I just. You, for people to tell me that they erase it from their memory, I don't see too many people tell me they erase Goldberg and Taker to their memory. Even though it was sad, I think people were just like, you see, you see, this is proof that Goldberg doesn't need to be here. They want that still in their memories. They don't want to erase oh, it. They want to erase the Shawn Michaels, the DX versus yeah. Brothers destruction match. I tend to, uh, yeah, I, I do try and suppress that. Um, but, I mean, like you said, that's kind of been the hallmark of Saudi Arabia. Like these matches that really have no place, but they're trying to, you know, have legends and, and Triple H and Shawn Michaels described it as such, like play their greatest hits and yeah. then, you know, you get paid amazingly well for it. But of course, these Saudi Arabian shows, they are essentially house shows. Like you watch them. I know that we, we said a couple of title changes earlier, but really they are house shows. Nothing really happens there. It's very formulaic. It's not great to watch. And then, like I said, every now and again, you get these legendary matches. Even um, Triple H and Orton, when they did it, I mean, I actually thought it was fairly good considering, like, I know that they both, I remember Triple H said to me after, he was like, it was literally like 100 degrees. He was like, I could barely do anything. Um, but again, you know, it, there's just so many different facets to these Saudi Arabian shows that aren't good. And you said it perfectly a minute ago in terms of, like, the spin. WWE try and present these shows as they are super progressive. Like their whole uh, outlook on these things is to show everybody, you know, all the great work they're doing, but they kind of conveniently ignore all of the terrible facets that come along with Saudi Arabia. And uh, even during their partnership that the government have been embroiled in, which yeah. it's, um, they can do, they, you know, they can try and accrue all this goodwill that they want, but I, I think it's been an eternal journey to where they'll never get to the destination they want to. It's very, very, very difficult. Um, I would have preferred if it had been a network special and you let the women have something for their own. Um, yeah. 
but I agree with what you said earlier as well. The King of the Ring format has not been treated amazingly well over the last few iterations. The only, I mean, that the last one, I thought Chad Gable and yeah. Chad Gable and, and Corbin had a good uh, like feud and story out of it, which unfortunately resulted in Shorty G. But the matches they had were good, um, yeah. and it's a shame that more wasn't made of that. Anyway. Uh, enough of Queen of the Ring talk. That is apparently set, set to go down in, I want to say October. Is that yeah. right? He said October. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we don't have long to wait to see if that manifests itself or not. Uh, just quickly, who would be your winner, SP3, for a Queen of the Ring? Um, I'm going to say it's either Naomi or Shayna Baszler. Shayna Ooh. Baszler because she's the Queen, queen of Spades. And she needs to recover from the months long or over a year long uh, losing streak or downhill from where she was in NXT. And Naomi is because they usually take time like this, you know, like the, the WrestleMania pre-show women's battle Royal where she won or something like this seems like something they would give to Naomi for being so popular with the fans, giving her a chance, quote unquote, in their opinion. It's very interesting because I wonder if they'll give it to a tippy top, right? Like a Becky or Charlotte or Sasha or whoever. Um, they but they would probably be tempted to do that just to like cement the lineage. Um, I would like to see Charlotte beaten in the final. I would like her to get there, the whole queen gimmick stuff, but then whoever beats her, that's a big rub. I just yeah. haven't quite set my mind to whom beats her. But... I do think she should make the final. I know there'll be a lot of people that's like, ah. Um, but I do think it will mean more to the eventual winner. Um, Shayna is a really good pick, the more I think about it. I would like that. She needs it, man. Like, the water she's treading at the moment is criminal. <laughs> it truly is. It truly is. Um, I still I still, I still, still can't believe they haven't written an Oscar Shayna Baszler program. It's right there. Just I, do it. I could see them doing something, you know, they like their larger than life uh, characters. So I could see a finals where they do Shayna versus Naya to pay off this whole partnership. Naya yeah. kind of fits the mode of Braun Strowman was like a key factor in the Saudi Arabia. Uh, like, you know, he won the first ever greatest Royal Rumble. He's in universal championship matches at Saudi Arabia. And, you know, Naya can kind of fit that mode as far as like the, the big monster of her division and fit that role for Shayna to get the rub and beat her. I would like, mm. but knowing WWE, they'll just have Nia win. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I think we've learned that thus far. Um, do you think whoever wins is going to be saddled with a queen gimmick? I hope not. That's why I've won Shayna Baszler. At least Shayna Baszler, you know, is the queen of spades. It's not something that they would force upon her too too likely that they would give her the crown and the queen gimmick. Oh, it would work quite well because she hates that stuff. Exactly. Right? So, that's so it. it would actually be quite amusing to watch her, you know, have to be the queen, I guess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's a lot, obviously, to play out there. We will keep you informed with more that we hear. But while you are here, please do wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Give us your ultra chats. You can dictate where the show goes. Uh, and we would love to hear from all of our good eggs out there. And while you're here, subscribe. Become a Wrestling Daily member like Chris Petrue. This is great. Oh, yeah. Double sword here. He's got his icon because he's a member. And he's telling you to go do an ultra chat as well. Couldn't have put it better. Oh, Bubba's on the train as well. Such it's all bloody game. happening. It is all bloody happening. Um, so make sure you get your ultra chats into us. And, and as I say, we will let you steer the proverbial ship. Um, until then, let's talk a little bit about NXT SP3. Um, I, I'm not going to do it chronologically like I usually do because I just want to hit on the important things. Uh, first of all, I richly enjoyed... Um, LA Knight and Cameron Grimes. Uh, man, I thought they got better as the show went on. Uh, genuinely funny. I, I, I really was disappointed when Grimes didn't win the ladder match. But when I thought about the stipulation, uh, I don't know if it's the ladder match, actually, the one after, where yeah. he had to then be, you know, his servant or whatever it is. Um, I I've really I thought to myself actually that could be really good TV and it has been. Yeah, I I was not really convinced by like the first week. I think I was on here with Sat and I was just like I didn't like uh, you know Cameron Grimes getting the upper hand on him the first week in. I'm like this is to build sympathy for Cameron Grimes, but I really enjoyed the stuff last week with Drake Maverick and then this week this was gold because you can yeah. really tell that they were not given a script for this. They were given, like, you're in a golf course, you're going to play your characters, hijinks happens, go. They weren't given a script, and this was nat- this felt naturally what a Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight would be on a golf course. The the great line at the beginning, how long are you going to have me wash your balls for? Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love him, you know, with the with the clubs, you know, that's the sandwich. What, your sandwich? You're hungry? Uh, <laughs> like, he, 
Cameron Grimes was just perfect during this. I like the little interlude with Million Dollar Man kind of being his conscience. Like, oh, you know, (laughs) I know you gave your word, but you can't swallow your pride for this. And I even like the little interplay with Grizzle Young Veterans because it does set up a, a natural tag team match probably next week or the week after with Grizzle Young Vets and Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight, where once again, L.A. Knight can probably get the upper hand and force Cameron Grimes to do stuff that he doesn't want to do. But I really enjoyed this. Cameron Grimes is the most charismatic person outside of Hit Row on this entire show, and he showed it here. Yeah, you said Hit Row, so let's lead straight into there. Top Dollar was spitting some hot fire in that promo. Um, man, the, the, their collective is just so in sync and, like, fluid, um, natural. Um, you know, if you didn't know, now you know. Look, the way that they, they get to those exclamation points is so good. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we saw them later on in the show as well against Imperium. They They... Everything they touch at the moment is flying for them. Like, I'm really not sure what the ceiling is on Hit Row. Because to begin with, you know, I was a bit like, oh, you know, you know, it's, it's very cool and very fresh. Uh, you know, you, I guess you think of Swerve. You know, I know he's North, North American now, but Cruiserweight when it was originally formed. And then I remember Adam Cole saying a few weeks ago, to me, oh, you know, I could see Swerve being like the face of this brand. And the more the weeks go by, I'm like, you know what? Like Hit Row could actually be like, I'm not saying Undisputed Era, totally different, but the, yeah. that kind of same top staple, right? On the brand. Yeah. That's how it that's how it feels right now. And everybody in that group kind of has their own identity and place. I feel like it's working great. I really do. And I like the whole interplay, the exchanges with Legato Del Fantasma, and it's really organically making them baby faces, you know, similar to what we just talked about with Cameron Grimes. He had a very organic, natural baby face turn where, you know, he was just so over, just so charismatic. that The fans just started to cheer for him. And we're starting to get that with Hit Row. They're just so good with the rhymes, yeah. their, their promos. They just come off so natural. They play off each other so well. Top Dollar going through different languages. Like he was Drake, was was great. Uh, I, I, I loved him during the segment. Top Dollar is really impressing me with his promo ability. You know, I, I thought during the cipher, he was a little repetitive with the, you know, who's better than top dollar, not nada. You know, he says that every single time, but it's yeah. getting over because you heard the crowd when he's doing it in the match is getting over with the crowd. So, you know, I can't knock something that's working. So I liked it. I would have been a little bit upset with Imperium winning here, but it does set them up to go against MSK. So this was good all across the board because the real, Feud here is Santos Escobar versus Swerve Scott and Legato Del Fantasma versus Hit Row. So at least they were protected in the loss here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, like you said, I thought, as I said earlier, ends justified the means. I, I couldn't hate the result because you can see where we're going. Um, let's get into some more business. Samoa Joe, right? Um, now, I've made it very clear what a fan I am of Samoa Joe on many occasions, four years now, pre-WWE, whatever. I remember watching him in Impact. Uh, and again, I'd only seen bits and parts of him in Ring of Honor. Impact was my first real like week-to-week maybe experience of him during their Apex. And I was just like, man, that guy's so good. I would love to see him in WWE. And you didn't think it was going to happen. And then it did. Um, and man, like the segment yesterday, it really is him. I know Regal's there, 
and he signs the paper. But really, it's a Samoa Joe segment. And for yeah. one person to be um, to have that much kind of influence and character on one segment that involves many others, but he brings it all to the dance himself, was honestly amazing. Right? Is it too early to move away from the enforcer gimmick? A little bit. I did yeah. think to myself, man, we've arrived here pretty quick. But the fact that Samoa Joe is going to wrestle again supersedes that little terrible bit of criticism there um, because I'm just so excited to see him back in the ring. Presumably, and I don't know if this is true or not, you have him beats Karrion Cross because Karrion Cross looks like he obviously he's going to be heading to the main roster. He was already there. Yeah. Um, so presumably, Samoa Joe is the guy and then look at the opportunities there. You've got Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, a, a myriad of guys that Joe has never worked, ready to be worked in NXT. Man, it's can't miss. It's can't miss. I, I feel like this is going to... Uh, nothing against Karrion Cross, right? I feel like I always have to like get the prefix out there. Um, I've made this clear before. He's just not connecting with me. That's not to say that, you know, Killer Cross or that guy or the man who portrays him or I don't saying he hasn't got the skills or anything like that. Just the way he's presented and it hasn't really clicked for me yet. So I feel like his reign on top hasn't been a great one. And like some people have pointed out before, um, who is it? Is it Gargano who, who crucified him in a promo and was like, my wife's a better wrestler than you. And he was and like, hey, yeah. I want to carry him across there. It's just like, oh. <laughs> oh, you got me there. Uh, but that's the thing. Um, moving into Samoa Joe and this like next generation thing, it's a bit like Finn Balor all over again, but maybe even more effective. Like the possibilities of bringing him back for a whole new wave of NXT talents, you know, maybe at the end of it, uh, someone like a Pete Dunne is made or, or whoever. So exciting to think about. Uh, I, I hope that's the direction, SV3. Killer segment last night. I think Joe's the way to go. He was so captivating during that whole segment. And like you said, it was just a one a one man monologue with, with William Regal saying stuff off the mic that we couldn't hear. It was all Samoa Joe. Like, I'm gonna give you a three-step process. Step number one, here's my letter of resignation. Step number two, you could sign me to the to the active roster. Step number three, me versus cross at takeover 36. It was just so great. Uh, I thought that Samoa Joe was fantastic during this segment. And like you, yes. Like you, I am a Samoa Joe fan from way before WWE. It's him. It's 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 kind of like my favorite week of the year. It seems like because last week we're talking about CM Punk. This week we're talking about Samoa Joe and that their rivalry, their trilogy mm -hmm. in 2004 made me a Ring of Honor fan. That's when I started seeking it out online and trying to find the the three matches between them. They got me into Ring of Honor. I explained last week with Steph on Thursday that my first Ring of Honor event. That's when I really fell in love and Daniel Bryan became my favorite like wrestler of all time. So. These three guys that kind of re-enthuse me into professional wrestling because 2004, 2005 wasn't the greatest year as goes to WWE. You know, it was kind of hit or miss there and the independence and 
TNA and Ring of Honor was the thing that really got me back into wrestling when it wasn't the coolest thing to be into when you're 16 years old in high school. You know, it was cool to watch the underground and to watch these guys come up from the top. And Samoa Joe was the guy that I was just like, yo, he's like 280 pounds and he's doing suicide dives and mm. he can poke people out. He can do suplexes. He can do it all in the ring. And to have him back in the ring, I'm just so happy. He hasn't been in the ring in over 18 months. And, you know, it feels like we are being given back one of the, the goats of this, like, era of the independent era of professional wrestling. And he's coming back and he gets to be the first ever three-time NXT champion. Uh, uh, if he does defeat Karrion Cross, like you, I haven't been the highest on Karrion Cross's run as NXT champion. I've been more, more you know, positive on it than you. But mm. I, just, I just feel like the run on the main roster has totally killed whatever momentum he had. Dead, uh, losing to Jeff Hardy in three minutes is not where you want to go. And then you finally win this week, but it has to be against another former NXT champion that hasn't been treated well on the main roster. And, you know, it, it, it is kind of telling that he hasn't been in front of the fans these last two weeks because I think they know the type of reaction that he's going to get. So it, it's time to move the NXT championship off of him and Samoa Joe being the next champion and going against the Adam Coles, the Pete Dunns, all these, Orny Lorcan, uh, Timothy Thatcher, even a Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. I would love to see it all. A couple of them are rematches, but a couple of them are very fresh matchups. And if we can get Samoa Joe versus Walter, I'll die a happy man. Oh my God. I said this earlier on Twitter, the, the level of brutality that, could transcend pro wrestling it a disgrace i don't know if i could handle that you said 2004 by the way 2005 wasn't great for WWE. let me tell you 2004 was going great till about may it was going great <laughs> it was um eddie guerrero benoit they were my guys um it feels dirty to say that now, but I loved Ben Wire in the ring. I thought he was yeah. amazing. Um, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed SmackDown until yeah, JBL won exactly. the title from, from and Eddie. And, Raw, I was just like, and Raw did the thing. They were like, well, let's revert back to Triple H. They uh, gave it to Randy. They gave it to Randy for like a month. And they were like, we're going to make this guy. And then Randy fucked up backstage, I think. And they were like, nope, he's going to drop it. And Benoit was the champion, but they still were main eventing with Triple H and Shawn Michaels two years after it was a hot angle. Like, I was just over WWE at that point. And yeah, then when I it, saw Samoa Joe and CM Punk, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Let me go over here and watch this. It was so funny. They went back to Triple H as champion. It was like, well, we're going to get there with Batista in like six months. You're like, okay, but I have to deal with Triple H for now. Like, you know. um, either way, uh, yeah. Pros and cons. It was going great till about May when they, you know, they had the rematch, backlash, the triple threat, great yeah. again. Yeah. And then, um, not the triple. No, was a great heel, but it just wasn't fun to watch. Um, <laughs> anyway, away from that, uh, let's finish on. I mean, there are a few things to touch on. There is the um, love him or leave him match that's going to be scheduled now in the Hartwell. Um, of course, it's going to be Dexter Loomis fighting for his lady. Um, I believe that's next week. That's yeah. progression right there. Uh, we saw Io Shirai having a little interaction with her tag team partner, Zoe Starks, as well. Um, there is little bits and pieces. But to go to Kai, she put the boot. Boy, did she put the boot as well. To Raquel Gonzalez, who sold it like an absolute champ. She just said to her prior to this, as long as I'm in your corner, you'll always have the title. Something to that effect. Yes. Next thing you know, bang. 
the turn happened. And I've seen some people be like, oh, this was a bit quick, um, you know, a little bit. Uh, people think that maybe they're rushing through this. I, I don't feel that way. I, I felt fine with it. The only thing is, and I said this on Twitter, I feel like from watching WWE, and this could be the case with Samoa Joe as well, that these look like good opponents and stories for the champion they really want to make. Now, there's no doubt they've been making Raquel, right? They are yeah. all in on Raquel Gonzalez, as they should be. She's got everything. Um, and the same, same thing with Karrion Cross. Quite clearly, Triple H sees him as tippy-tippy-top. If he could then beat Samoa Joe as well, that's amazing for him. But then what's that really going to do for the brand? Because Karrion Cross isn't going to be around for a long time. So that gives me hope that maybe Samoa Joe will beat Cross. Here, I don't know if I'm convinced that WWE will have Dakota go over Raquel. I'm, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing that. Um, Tyler says here they've been together 18 months. That's not what we mean or what anyone else means. It means since they've had this, um, since Raquel has been champion, they would have liked to have seen Dakota help her more, more victories than you do the switch. That's what they mean. Um, yeah. I, I, I would, I, I think Dakota Kai needs to be able to smell the roses, man. She deserves the fruits of her labor. She's been the bridesmaid too often. Make her the bride. I feel like it's a very good opportunity to make her your world champion. Even if Raquel then takes it off her again down the road and it's something that stretches out, it's a very good opportunity. I'm looking at people like Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae, and I'm thinking if they are never champion, then it's really like, you know, I would be up, upset, maybe strong. But I feel like, they des- I feel like they're deserving. Um, and this is a hot angle that I feel like you could get it on to Dakota Kai. Will they, though? This feels very much like WrestleMania 11 and Dakota Kai and Shawn Michaels yeah. versus the, the, the powerful, big mommy cool world champion that they are very high on. And you know Dakota's going to give her a great match, but Dakota's not going to win. It, unfortunately, they're not going to mm. give Dakota her time in the sun, and I agree with you. Dakota Kai deserves it. Uh, Dakota Kai has been probably the glue uh, player like she has really fit the role that Bailey was for the NXT women's division this that Mm. overall complete package that you know you can plug her in as a challenger you can plug her into the tag team division you can plug her in as a bit player in in certain bigger picture things but she just fits her role very perfectly and you know the match that really started the whole big push for Raquel Gonzalez the war games match last year I said Dakota Kai was the MVP because she was bumping around for everybody she was in Mm. from the very beginning she she had the two-on-one advantage, uh, disadvantage. She was still going out there and bumping for everybody. And she's just going to be a great challenger for uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I, I wasn't all the way. I, I didn't think this was, like, absolutely perfect. I felt like they could have done a little bit more with the turn. Like, her just beat her down a little bit more after the yeah. kick, maybe, to kind of emphasize it and kind of stay with it a little bit more. I, I like the that they've tried to follow up on it by having, you know, try to interview her and she just walked out the building. But I felt like they could have done a little bit more to kind of emphasize it as a big moment and a big betrayal. But it does set up a big time matchup for TakeOver 36, which is really shaping up to be one of the better big TakeOver odd. cards in a while.
and there, I guess half the reason I bring up Candice is there are similarities in the sense that um, Candice was just a great opponent for EO, but I never yeah. felt like Candice was going to dethrone EO. And yeah. it's the same thing here where I would love to have seen Candice win just because EO had already had a legendary run by this point. Um, and I would love to see Dakota win. I just don't know if WWE see them the way I and many others do. Ah, it's tough. Um, but like you said, they they clearly do see Raquel in that kind of, you know, quote-unquote, diesel ro- role where they have a lot of expectations for her. And, and again, rightly so. I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't counter that. Yeah. It's just uh, I don't know exactly where they go. You know, you look at 36, right? Joe, Cross... Kai, Gonzalez, Volta, with a V, Volta, Dragunov. and Dragunov. That's a crazy card right there. And then presumably you add into that maybe Hit Row and Legado yeah. Del Fantasma. That sounds like an opener to me. Um, or Rally versus Cole, loser leaves NXT possibly. They need something like that. Um, you know, I, uh, thing is, though, I don't think Cole is going until he faces Joe. I feel like they've sowed those seeds. Yeah. I feel like something's going to be happening there. That will happen. Same as done. There's been too much teasing to just not do it. Not that WWE would not do that because they would. But um, <laughs> uh, but I feel like, you know, there's some kind of understanding there, perhaps. I don't know if Cole... Um, it, <laughs> I think what works in Cole's favour is that Vince isn't looking at him and going, I want him, right? Like, that sounds yeah. perverse. Vince looks, if he goes down to the performance center and he's looking at all the guys, he looks at Karrion Cross, he looks at Bronson Reed and he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, brother. Oh, oh yeah. Get them up here. Get them to Connecticut. Uh, like, I could imagine. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Bump <Bobby>, me. <laughs> Bump that. No, I, I, uh, I, I can imagine that that's what Vince looks at. He's not, like, begging to have Adam Cole the way we are kind of begging to see Adam Cole against different people on the main roster. Yeah. Um, so maybe from that perspective, he has time, but uh, I, again, that's, that's me speculating. Who knows if that's really how it works. Um, but I, I, I could see there being more, of, if you put the title on Joe, I just feel like there's three or four guys you need to have him work. And I don't know how you get away from O'Reilly and Cole. But either way, like they, they, like they have good matches and stuff, but a bit of me is just a bit like, uh, it's, I don't know, it's not, it hasn't got that electricity that I would have hoped for no. in a feud like this. And, and partly that's because they did it, they had what you would call a feud ender at the beginning, Yes, left, left it, came back to it. It's hard to keep that steam. I honestly think that it was because the turn wasn't a very effective. Like, honestly, it, I, you know, going, going into what we're going to talk about with our debate, I had to do it as an article. And I was like, do I really rank this highly? Mm. Like that one as a, as one of the best betrayals in NXT? No, because it came out of nowhere. They didn't build it up properly. They didn't give us enough teases to it. And then when it happened, it's just one kick. And it's just like, that's it. That's the end of Undisputed Era. After four freaking years, that's it. That's how you ended it. And it's just, it, yeah, it just. I think and, that and Bob, Bobby, from- and, Bobby and Roddy are just kind of like, eh. Like Roddy is like making out as if that's a previous lifetime. Now <laughs> he's in a totally different thing. Like he, he never was an Undisputed Era. Looking at Roddy now, and yeah. Bobby Fish is kind of just spinning his wheels. You know, I know he's been in the tag and stuff last week, but ah, uh, um, yeah. 
for, for what that stable is or was. <sighs> I always thought this. I was like, no way do they break them up before the main roster because there's too much money left on the table. Boy, how stupid am I? Um, and that, and that's the thing, man. Like they could always get back together, but now I'm just a bit like, eh. Um, anyway, let's get on to what you just said about our debate. And guys, you are welcome to get involved as well. We're going to talk about the worst, meaning the best NXT betrayals there has ever been. Um, now I'm going to give you, let's say a couple, and then you give me a couple and then we'll circle back and figure out a fifth. We'll make our our Mount Rushmore. We'll make our, okay. Four. Four Yeah. we'll We'll put up four. Now, the, the two that run to mind for me is obviously Gargano and Champa. Um, that that's a no brainer. I don't know. I don't know if anyone needs me to sit here and elaborate on why that was so okay. great. That's like George Washington. That's uh, that's on the Rushmore. We are we we came to the Mount Rushmore. We had to build it, and we saw yeah. that Gargano and, and and Champa was already there, basically. Yeah, and that's it. Like so, I think. Um, not only obviously was it meaningful because of what they had achieved together and DIY was such a beloved tag team anyway, just the way it was done, uh, you know, Champa and they're holding hand that he rams him into the set. And then I think what also makes it significant is what they did from there. Amazing business would have been absolutely amazing if it culminated the way they intended with yeah. the Gargano win over Champa at WrestleMania weekend. But of course, injuries would prevent us from getting that fairy tale. Um, but still, Amazingly well done. And I just want to mention, because Johnny Gargano did put this tweet up after, uh, I don't know if you saw the low-key series with all the branches of uh, alternate realities. His whole career is that. He basically Mm. put up a post that was like, oh, Gargano versus uh, uh, Ciampa in New York. Gargano versus Ciampa in Tampa Bay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's like if if his his whole – what would his career look like if they got to the the original plans of situations? It would be very interesting, but you're totally right. Gargano and Ciampa is one of the greatest rivalries of all time, and it started with the greatest betrayal in NXT history. Yeah, I – I don't know if it's going to make the four for you, but I thought Kai on Knox is a great one. Um, that has a, that has a case. Um, and I'm judging that by just as it happened, being like, Oh shit. Like just, you know, like as she flipped, I thought, ah, uh, cause everyone had kind of thought maybe, like, I don't know if you cast your minds back to the run up to this particular war games. Um, but the way the teams were comprised and all stuff like that. And, you know, obviously a lot had been made about how good friends they were and, and whatnot. Um, but you didn't expect it to happen then, right? As they're opening the cage, the way they did it, I thought it was absolute money, amazing stuff. Again, unfortunately for that, Tegan gets hurt not long after, allegedly in the backstage scuffle with um, Dakota in a a segment. Her knee goes again, and now kind of that story's been put to bed. She's on SmackDown, you know, without a first name, allegedly. So... I do think, though, in terms of um, surprise and, um, you know, actually carrying it out efficiently, I think that is in the discussion, particularly for the women. Yeah, I, I, I feel you with that one, because you would think like in a perfect world, Tegan Nas would still be on NXT and then yeah. you can get your Dakota Kai beating Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Champion. And then Tegan's right there as the the you kind of can complete that story and have the baby face come out on top and be her to finally become the NXT Women's Champion. So that definitely deserves to be in the discussion because of how it went down. 
I know this is cheating because I've just had two. <laughs> but I was hit, uh, as I like to famously say, I was there for this one um, in uh, New Orleans. And I still yeah. think Roddy Strong on Pete Dunne to set up Undisputed Era as it, it's got to be in the discussion, SP3. I know you're in a, you were there too, right? So I feel I, like we I could... went to I went to actually Supercard of Honor, but I was disappointed for traitor. One of those, those were one of the reasons why I was disappointed I didn't get to go to take over Nola. Oh, that takeover! I mean, I know you've retrospectively seen it is phenomenal. Obviously, that has yeah. the ladder match, Gargano Champa. Oh man, uh, it's insane! But uh, that turn, I was there, electric. It's got to be up there, SP3. First one I thought of after you take Gargano and Ciampa off the board is Owens on Zane because yeah. of how it ended, because it was the perfect ending to Sami Zayn's underdog arc, him defeating Neville at TakeOver, uh, our, our evolution. And then, you know, Owens comes out, gives him the big hug, medium-sized. <laughs> uh, you, you know, Owens giving him the hug. It's an emotional moment. You think it's gonna be all oh, the two best friends? It's like a you know a Eddie Eddie Chris type of moment. They're going yeah. off into the sunset. Zane the champion, and then he just turns on him. The power bomb on the apron, and what it what it led to was Kevin Owens becoming the first like real big bad heel in NXT, the WWE Network era at least of NXT. He was the first ever like top heel that they had because before him, you know, you had Bo Dallas who was a really good heel there, but he never felt like a top heel, you know, and Neville was champion for a very, very long time over like 290 something days. And then, you know, you got Sami Zayn where Neville had to kind of be a heel, but he was still a baby face against Sami Zayn. And this gave them their first real top heel. And it really set Kevin Owens career up because that was the same day that he debuted, debuted at the beginning of the show. And then he becomes the top heel by the end of the show. It was just so great what it led to. Um, Outside of those, I mean, I would love to say Cole and O'Reilly, Cole on O'Reilly, but like I said, that has some of its uh, faults against it, so I can't really, you know, put it that high up. Um, I've got, I've got one. If, if you struggle, I've got another one for you. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, and it might lead us into our final one, but Samoa Joe over Bala yeah. could be could be in that discussion. The only thing that I think detracts from it being so special is that I think we all knew that was going to be the end goal, right? Like as soon as they were partnered together in the dusty classic, I think everyone's thinking how long, like the, the only surprise was that, it was that they won it. I was, Oh wow. Like they've gone all the way. Um, sure. And, uh, and then of course, you know, when the preceding weeks and then that feud kind of was fairly legendary before Bala moves on up. And then obviously ultimately Joe, Joe does as well. Um, only a few months after that. So um it's not as iconic as some of those that we talked about, like in the way that it happened, but um, it was a big time one for sure. Like it, yeah. it, it was, it was big business at the time. Yeah. I was also going to say uh, Io Shirai on Candice LeRae because of yeah. what that led to, because that, that, that was really where Io Shirai Io needed path, that. Yeah. path to the, to the woman's championship really started. And it kind of came out of nowhere because, 
it was in a match. I think it was at uh, TakeOver 25 where I thought she was going to win, beat uh, Shayna Baszler, but she loses. Then they have the Steel Cage match, and I thought she was going to win there. She does the beautiful uh, over-the-moon moonsault, you know, off the top of the cage on, on Shayna. And then that great finish where she she has her in the choke, and uh, Shayna just uh, goes out of the out of the, the cage. And then you think, oh, you know, Candice is coming in for the save, and then she just turns on Candice. It was just great stuff. And then it led to that mm-hmm. great match, uh, SummerSlam weekend in 2019. So, and then what Io Shirai went off to, I think that deserves some mention as well. Man, the the era we're talking about of NXT was so good. It was so so good. Um, give it to give it to me then, man. What's the top four? We know we have got Gargano, Champa. I'll let you solidify. Uh Gargano, Champa, Owen, Zayn. Uh, I gotta say, Roddy on uh, on Dun- yeah, because that started the the real undisputed era. Yeah, undisputed it did. Era. Um. Yeah, I would say Kai and uh, Knox because of that reaction. I would say Kai and Knox is, deserves that four spot. There you have it. Now, as I say, I did uh, put forward Joe's turn on Bala, as Grimble Fix also says. Um, and you want to talk about his greatest opponents too. Now, I feel like well, we, sh- we should just get out of the way of CM Punk. Like uh, yeah. Their time limit draws are legendary stuff in Ring of Honor. Um, I'm at, at his full transparency, I watched... The it might just be because I'm British. I watched the CM Punk documentary. You remember this? They had on the yeah. WWE Network. He's on his bus. Probably the best like documentary, in my opinion, ever. Yeah, Heyman adds a lot to that. Yeah. Um, but I watched that, and it's kind of heavily talked about. And I was like, wow, you know, I love both of these guys. I've never really watched it. YouTube's a you know a wonderful thing. Um, and I was like, oh my god, like you know, like we're talking like hour draws here. Um, incredible stuff, like. Uh, and again, this is at a time where uh, I, I most of my life was WWE. Yeah. So you watch something like this, you know, I, I, man, I, I don't know, 10 minutes in, I'm like, that's a finish. No, it's not. Like, there, there's a lot going on. Um, and it was just, it was such an eye-opening thing, man. Like, I implore anybody to watch that uh, without a doubt. Um, but SB3, man, um, I th- Kurt Angle? Kurt Angle has to be out there. I, I, the two I, I was going to say is, yeah, Angle, because of what they did in, in TNA, just great. immediately starting Kurt Angle on a great foot. And their trilogy of matches when Kurt Angle first comes in is is one of the one of the best and it's like it really showed that Kurt Angle that WWE let go of Kurt Angle too soon I know he had his pain addiction and his issues but he was still one of the best wrestlers in the world brother there's there's like a there's like a four or five year period sorry to interrupt there's like a four or five year period in TNA where people should and have to watch Kurt Angle's work because he did he did amazing things in WWE but like he has a body of work in TNA that is frankly insane like he was still very much at the top of his game. He should be considered one of the TNA goats because of what he did. And he took it to the next level, but it really, it comes down to that Joe and angle feud when he first comes in and then they redid it. When Samojo eventually gets to the TNA world championship, I tell anybody, you know, I liked the first three matches, but their cage match at lockdown 2008 yeah. is the best simulated MMA match in, in wrestling history. Like I know a lot of wrestling, you know, you got blood sport and they do it great. 
and you know we've seen it a couple of times in like wwe and other places we saw it recently in aew but no one did it better to me than kurt angle and some yeah. in that match like kurt angle coming out looking like frank trigg who is his trainer and uh you know <laughs> joe, joe has the mma background they just worked each other so well aj styles has to be in this discussion yeah. I, I would say honorable mention to Christopher Daniels, but more AJ Styles because I think it was more AJ. But yeah, 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 because I I, I I will stand on I will die on this hill. The greatest triple threat of all time is Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels from Unbreakable 2005. But if you go back and watch that, and you you watch Turning Point 2005 with AJ and Samoa Joe, my God, it's one of the best singles matches of that generation of that era. Like Samoa Joe just kept giving us quality, whether he was in Ring of Honor, whether he's in TNA, and that first run, that undefeated streak, that 18 month streak that he went on, he just had banger after banger. Whether it was against Austin Aries, whether it was against Roger Strong, but his best opponent was AJ Styles. I really was felt criminally robbed that we didn't get that type of quality when they eventually did feud in WWE. Of course, we got the which was great. That was great. Don't, Don't get me wrong. And him showing up at AJ's house. Great stuff. Great character stuff. But we never got the type of quality matches that we got in TNA. I thought thought their final one was good. Again, like, you know, uh, that's me just objectively what's good or bad. Um, It's very hard to measure it against the TNA stuff they did together. But uh, I want to say, wasn't wasn't SummerSlam? What's the one where AJ Styles is bleeding and his daughter's like, Daddy, I think that is SummerSlam. Is it SummerSlam? I thought it might be. Yeah, Yeah. I thought it might be. Uh, They have like a last man standing or something like that. That is really good. Um, But yeah, I I can't argue. That's the thing with Joe's WWE run. I thought he did a lot of great stuff there, but I don't know if he had any like iconic feuds or, you know, a lot of people would kind of disappointed with his chemistry of Roman Reigns. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't. On paper, that should be really good. Um, I would say his best WWE feud, honestly, is Brock Lesnar. Like, that stuff, the build-up. It's, to it's a match, though. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say the, the match blew the world on fire, but the, the build-up. The feud. Great, the the sure. feud itself, the build-up to Great Balls of Fire, the, the promo segment where he's whispering to Paul Heyman before he chokes him out. It's one of the best stuff Samoa Joe did. Yeah, he was on fire. WWE he was match. on fire. Although all those weeks leading up to that, he was on absolute fire. Um, and of course, you know, uh, again, like he's not bereft of great matches in WWE. We we say it all the time. The SummerSlam four way is a goat. It's a goat four way in yeah. WWE. Like I'm not saying it's the goat, but it's it, it, might, it might be. But it's in the discussion. It's one of the yeah. best four way main events you could w- wish to see because the action is just it's so so yeah. so good. Um, so again, like you know, he had great work. It's just ah. Um, did he get that long-standing great run of a feud that he should have had? It's unfortunate because uh, just as he was got injured, he just turned face in WWE. Him and Kevin Owens were tagging. You might recall yeah, they were kind of like yeah. friends. Um, and I was really ready for like babyface Samoa Joe. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. We're off to the races. Uh, and of course, we d- we didn't get what we wanted. Um, but man. Uh, you know, to meet a rival is someone that you have like a body of work with, um, yeah. rather than a one-off. So I think on that basis, we have to say, right, Punk, Styles, and Angle 
are like a given. Yeah. And if there's a, if there's a Mount Rushmore, who, who do we make the fourth? Ooh. I mean, I would love to. I see someone in the chat saying Kenta Kobachi, but like you said, you need that body of work, and that match is up there as one of Samoa Joe's greatest of his career. Him and uh, uh, Brian Danielson in Ring of Honor had some had some great matches. They had an hour long draw as well. In uh, I think it was in New Jersey. It was pretty close to me. I was disappointed I wasn't able to go to that one. Um, Honestly, like I said, I'm a Ring of Honor guy. Uh, that really brought my love back. And the person that I immediately think of is uh, Homicide. Homicide for me. Mm-hmm. Homicide and Samoa Joe and Ring of Honor. They that this was that was the feud that really brought out like a different violent side to Samoa Joe. Like Samoa Joe would you know hit his suplexes. He would choke you out. But the violence in Samoa Joe really came out in his feud with Homicide. So that would probably be, or and yeah, Nigel I mean, McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness in the discussion. Nigel, Nigel can be in the discussion. I think like there's there's guys that are very close. You gotta you gotta say like for the fourth spot, the the candidates will be Nigel, Christopher Daniels, Homicide, and then if you really think about his WWE career, it's got to be Finn Balor. Probably gotta, Finn. Yeah, yeah, it's got to yeah. be Finn Balor. Like those are the guys that would kind of be in the discussion. So I'll leave it up to you. Who that four spot will go? Oh, since, I, since I did the four um, for the for the betrayal, you you got to be the solidifying factor well, to get that four spot. I, I, I mean, I, assuming that it has to come from uh, Ring of Honor, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, Christopher Daniels probably deserves to be in that conversation as well. If we're going to talk about brackets, um, and I saw more TNA than Ring of Honor, so that's the whole reason I brought up McGinnis. Because again, that's another one I retrospectively kind of got in on McGinnis's career and his yeah. mojo being a good part of that we'll, we'll say homicide because you 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 were so passionate about it i can't attest <laughs> no, no, to it so i, I kind of i when you just say christopher daniels when you really think about it his ring of honor career he was brought in on the prophecy which was christopher daniels stable that was how he was introduced to ring of honor so they mm-hmm. had their little feud they had their little uh series of matches in ring of honor and then they go to tna they feud over the x division championship so i feel like I would uh, like, I, even though I was passionate about homicide, I really feel that probably Christopher Daniels is more appropriate in having that spot because of how the how they went from Ring of Honor to TNA. You have that larger body of work, whereas homicide is just that run in Ring of Honor. Yeah, you, I mean, the more argument for homicide is what he did for Joe rather than. Yeah. Rather than being a greatest rival, I understand. Yeah. Anyway, we actually had time to debate today. Tremendous stuff. Uh, thank you so much to all of you that joined the show this evening. SB3 and I, you know, you can find us here every Wednesday, man, 8 p.m. We will always be here. Man, by the way, before we go, I'm excited about AEW right now. Probably my favorite show in wrestling, bar none. And Fight for the Fallen looks ridiculous again tonight. We've got FTR, Santana Ortiz. We've got Omega. We've got Paige trying to go get his shot. It, brother, brother, brother. It is all happening. And Nick Gage, MDK, all day is going to be on the show. I know I talked to you off camera about that Nick Gage and uh, Matt Cardona match. My yeah. God, God bless you, Matt Cardona. Yeah. I didn't think you had it in you. For someone who was who had a like much maligned AEW, I remember when he showed up. My guy on True Hill Heat, Romeo, was just like, "No, get him out of here. He's just another WWE guy. He only lasted five weeks there. Then in 
uh, Impact Wrestling. He's kind of just a, kind of a mid-card guy again in Impact Wrestling. And then he goes to GCW and he becomes the top trending topic in all of wrestling over the weekend. I got to give a lot of credit to Matt Cardona for reviving his career. But I feel that Nick Gage is having the best week ever, that old VH1 show. If we were doing that for wrestling, it would be Nick Gage because he had both the, the biggest independent matchup of the year. And now he's going to be on AEW against Chris Jericho. Crazy yeah. how this world works. The pain maker. The pain maker, nonetheless. Also, yeah. is Lance Archer going to have the shortest reign ever? No, I don't think it's the time for uh, Hikaleo. I think this is going to be... He is huge! I didn't realize how big Hikaleo was. He's massive. I didn't realize how big he was until Steph put posted the picture with Hikaleo standing next to it. He's like two feet tall and it's... <laughs> yeah, that's a big fucking guy. He's huge. When he when he stepped in the ring, I was like, Lance Archer's a big guy, by the way. Like, you know, legit maybe six seven six eight. That's a big guy. This guy is huge! Like, man, you know, and he's not like a skinny rake either. I was like, Jesus, like, I'm just I'm just intrigued with what they're gonna do together, man. Yes, I, and yeah, they need to stop billing uh Lance Archer 6'8 because Hikaleo is a legit 6'8. I think Lance yeah. Archer is more 6'6, six, 6'5. Six, six, you need to, you know, scurry that down a little bit because yeah. Hikaleo makes him look small. But I'm really looking forward to this 10-man tag. I feel like it has all the potential to be the the TV match of the year. I think that Rosa and Baker has it all, but uh, you know, in the in the bag right now. But this one has the potential to live up that's to a, that. That's a very good billing for that for that uh, IWGP United States title match. Shoot six eight versus a worst six eight. Um, yeah, man, very excited about AEW. Can't wait to talk about it, but I won't be doing it tomorrow. Steph Chase is going to lead the reins tomorrow, and I believe Benno from Grapple is going to be coming aboard to sit in my chair. I have a thing with TalkSport that I can't get out of, so unfortunately I have to do that tomorrow night. But I will be back on Friday with Adam Blompier, and it's going to be... It's going to be that reverse quizzle mania. I've got some plans that I really need to actually write down, but it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Uh, as I did tonight, thank you so much to SB3 as usual for coming thank through, you. brother. Before we sign off here, tell the good people what's going on in True Hill Heat. Yes, you can uh, check out True Hill Heat right now. We had a great podcast over the weekend, True Hill Heat 135, with Samira of P of SE Scoops, who was our special guest. We'll have True Hill Heat 136 dropping on Saturday. whole bunch of great content, and we're going to go live for a live watch-along tonight during Fight for the Fallen. Romeo's going to be on there. So join the conversation. If you want somebody to chat about this great show of AEW with Romeo and the gang are going to be on True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So check that out. And if you're looking for content before AEW, if you become a Patreon subscriber for uh, Fightful, me and Joseph Holbert are going to be going uh, live on their Patreon uh, one hour before Dynamite to talk about the big show tonight. There you have it, guys. You know what to do. He's giving you your goddamn schedules. Book it in. Uh, I will see you on Friday the next time, but come back here tomorrow for Steph Chase and her AEW review, which you know is guaranteed to be good. SB3, brother, I will speak to you before then. Until then, guys, take care. Thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.